You are listening to Masters Decoded podcast series. I'm your host and the chief decoder, Anis Merchant. Through this podcast, I bring in guests who are successful in a different walk of life to decode and map out their careers and journeys with the hope that we gain all our learnings. The world around us is changing exponentially and how the impact of artificial intelligence, technology and other socio-economic factors have either influenced or enhanced my guest careers. My next guest on today's episode is Vikas Gupta, managing director of Wiley India and former president of Association of Publishers in India. Vikas is a recognized thought leader in the publishing and knowledge industry. In a career spanning over 20 years, Vikas has been a forerunner in leading many innovative products and business models in technology-driven learning solutions, research and faculty development, professional certifications and skill development. As an award-winning serial entrepreneur, Vikas co-founded and led ventures in the fields of IT, publishing and medical electronics. He is an ardent promoter of the spirit of entrepreneurship. and encourages students as well as professionals to continually strive towards perseverance coupled with innovative thinking he has authored co-authored 15 books to date and his books in the field of it has sold over 2 million copies worldwide vikas is the recipient of business excellence and innovative business practices academia award 2019 by dr manmohan singh former prime minister of india for innovative strategy in digital content contribution to entrepreneurship ecosystem exemplary contribution to academic knowledge and building brand india through business vikas holds a bachelor degree in electronics engineering and an executive mba from isb in association with kellogg school of management the wharton business school and the fandango dom cabral brazil he also holds a pg diploma in printing and publishing from london Hi Vikas. Hi. Welcome to Masters Decoded podcast series. Really happy to have you here today. Thank you Anish. Uh it's really a pleasure and an honor to be here. From your profile, you've been associated with Wiley. Uh for me Wiley is one thing, but I'm sure Wiley is many thing to you. So for the benefit of the listeners, uh if you can take a couple of minutes and talk about what the Wiley universe is all about. Oh sure. So Wiley is one of the most, I'll say, globally respected uh, name in publishing, education, and learning. Mm-hmm. Now, as a company, we are a very conservative company. We don't promote ourselves very well. That's a reality. But what people don't know is that Wiley actually is, in terms of respect, more than four hundred and eighty plus Nobel Prize winners are Wiley authors. Wow. So every year about 10 to 12 Nobel Prize winners in various disciplines are Wiley authors. So Wiley started actually in 1807. So you can imagine 212 years ago. It is still a family business listed on the New York Stock Exchange, hmm. but still the majority of the voting shares of the company are held by the Wiley family and the seventh generation of the family runs the business now as the chairman of the board. So you can imagine a, the publishing business or a business of wiley run professionally like a professional organization still owned by a family where the important factor is 
what can we do to improve people's lives okay. and that combination of being uh, having a uh, i'll say a commercial angle as well as also having a social angle is this very unique about wild now if i put it in a very say different bucket way wildlife manages multiple things so one is we are big in books so you talk about the dummy series you talk about the heresnic holidays so yeah. anything in it engineering sciences everything in publishing while is there we are not in fiction we started in fiction 200 years ago but not anymore okay on the other side then we also publish a lot of research so while is the second largest publisher of research in the world uh, very respected and we have a online platform called the wiley online library hmm. where we get about 1.6 million uh, unique users a day and it's a paid site that okay. that uh, site alone is about nearly a billion dollars in, in revenues for wiley then we have what is called a very different side of business which is wiley next and m3 which is the business of bridge education Mm-hmm. so the business of bridge education is that instead of the old model where it was all about that create a book you start a classroom the teacher teaches the student learns those days are gone book is not enough you need a whole combination of a complete learning ecosystem and to do that we started building this bridge model where it is a bridge between from college to getting that job and whatever you need to learn you learn through the wiley businesses of wiley next and m3 okay another thing that people don't know about wiley is that we also manage for 70 plus university partners starting from john hopkins to duke to uh, george mason to imms uh, about 800 plus graduate programs wow so what i mean by that is that we these are all online programs okay but the student acquisition to everything is done by wiley the university only provides education and examination and degree okay so what we this business is called opm which is called online program management mm-hmm. so at any given time 800 plus programs from mba to diplomas to degrees are going on across the world Okay. And you have at any given time fifty thousand people in these programs globally. Wow. The fourth part of Wiley, which people don't know, is that we also have a soft skills business under the brand Cross Knowledge, mm-hmm. and we also are the owners of Disk Assessment. We also have an assessment business. Oh, okay, interesting. So the Disk Assessment, which you do when you hire people and oh, what not, yes. yes, is actually Wiley's. Okay. so this is one part but what people know about wiley is books but in that also if you want to do your gmat or you want to do a, do your mba so the book you refer to the official gmat guys again published by wiley if you mm-hmm. want to do your act to go to america the book you refer to comes from wiley so we do a lot of official content creation for mm-hmm. global giants from microsoft to the cfa institute to gmat to google to amazon so it is a very interesting uh, i'll say amalgamation of multiple things it's like a which, universe it's which is amazing yeah. and we are not number one in any of those but we are a good number two number three number four in all of those wow 
that would violate it's a interesting large universe and what is your role in india is it taking that entire global story and translating it in india yes so i am responsible for the entire wale business in south asia as we call it which is the indian subcontinent in some okay. form uh, so my role is that what is relevant for us mm-hmm. so we follow what is i call is a global principle mm-hmm. that what is we bring the global best practices but localize it okay so what travels globally research research content travels globally the way you do research in india america or even africa remains the same yep. so that you don't need to change so we sell it as it is yes big educational test books books like dummies they travel globally no problems at all you can just resell them in india mm-hmm. but from a indian market perspective you need to reduce the price yep. so we reprint them at a very low price and that's a commitment of wiley uh, family for that parts of the world which cannot afford us price test books reduce the price of those books in those geographies and what we do in while we reduce the price of this by actually by nearly 1/10 the us price wow. okay now so that is one part which i do the second part is that what you can do which is local for india so while in india but then while for india hmm. in that you you publish a lot of content which is for indian audience for indian use starting from test prep to going to iits going to neet and going to all different kinds of examination and also a lot of test books in science and technology and sciences and other areas which is specific to india mm-hmm. so this is one i'll say the conventional part of wiley which i take care the second part of wiley which i take care is that we are a small innovation lab for wiley globally okay and we are allowed to function uh, as a company in a company so that you have that i'll say the the goodness of startups but the backing of a corporate okay so what it means is that you can do innovation fail but then you are not worried about that you run out of cash kind of a thing but you can keep on learning and you can learn from it so while in next which you are also a part of from the innovation council the perspective yep. is an outcome of something like that okay now you can imagine this we started this about 2 years ago when we started conceiving it and now it is becoming a, a, a very i'll say important milestone for while that something which is so unique coming out of india has a now a chance to become global Hmm. so you know what we are doing with wale next in india which is about giving jobs dream jobs to people yeah. and i will talk more about it later on but also wale next winning the fast company award as the as a next best thing in innovation special mention uh, which just came out a few days ago yes. in the us is a testament of that what we are trying to do is working okay. so my role is to nurture this innovation lab and build new products and services which people can use in india and globally impressive you spent two decades now with wiley i don't think so because on linkedin it's inconclusive for me at least that you didn't start your career with uh, wiley but you did spend two decades with wiley yes what were you doing before wiley if you don't mind sharing. okay so yeah i will so so first of all my family business was publishing 
for three generations my family has been in publishing business. oh wow okay that's a yeah. nice <laughs> okay revealing so, yes so another thing was that there is a book which everybody in india knows which is rapidex english speaking course yes so so that's my family business pustak mahal so oh. so i ran that business for about 10 years when i came out of college okay but i added to that a dimension around uh computers so hmm. rapidex computer course was a book i wrote which which is the largest selling uh, it book in the country it sold nearly 4 million plus copies till date and uh, i wrote that book and it became a best seller it had a software with it so you can imagine at that time even i bought it uh, we were, yeah no no the book was a book of learning computers yes but also it had a five and a quarter inch floppy yes where you had a small simulator i had built in a 360 kilobyte floppy drive to learn word star uh-huh. <laughs> and symphony 1 to 3 lots of lotus 1 to 3 yes i remember that very well <laughs> so that was an innovation of that kind the book sold millions of copies in hindi and multiple indian languages so then i left my family business and i started doing something unique i said i have built this you know passion and innovation around bringing technology and publishing together being coming from a technology background so i built actually with my co-founder uh, this company called dreamtech software okay and because of the connections i had in global publishing industry so we were able to get funding and uh, the first customer which was this company called the coriolis group Hmm. with which we built a platform in us called examcram.com yes and examcram.com the whole software design and everything was built by us they were providing content and we were providing this learning system and understand this was the time where it was no google no broadband no streaming hmm. but the question is if you want to build an interactive learning system on a dial up modem you can't do so because it is not going to work because for yes. learning it has to be a simulator driven approach where it is you are working in a simulation so we built a technology which allowed you to build interactivity in a zipped file and we built the model in a way that packets of data used to download in your local computer through the dial up modem and you could do small simulation and learn small things Wow. so that became what became was examgram.com and it was a unique humbling experience to build that company and then we sold that company to uh the coriolis group who then uh then the september 11th happened and everything you know the world changed after that yeah but examgram.com still survives in america as a brand yes uh, but nothing to do with us anymore but at that time it was uh, built uh, by the collaboration of coriolis and dreamtech software so that was my first along with that i also did a startup in medical electronics where i was in family business which again was sold or i'll say given to one of the family members and third one was a tie up with dummies hmm. where i did a joint venture with dummies dummies was then uh, taken over by wiley in america Okay. and then i became a joint venture partner of wiley so wiley india was actually a joint venture between me and wiley till about 9 years back oh then i sold nice. my entire stake to wiley but i continued to run the business so that's the reason this 20 year story with wiley 
Okay, that's a interesting background, Vikas. Uh, it's you're a man of few words. You don't show it that you've had successful entrepreneurial background. It shows that you've just stuck to one company for a long time. <laughs> maybe don't have a better job to have. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you've done a lot. So, um, you've had a publishing business in your family, and then you yes. went on to start a startup, which was in the education space, and then you yes. came back into publishing. You've seen the world of knowledge evolve, uh, right from your family business till date, and it continues to evolve. Uh, yeah. What's your perspective of that evolution, and where do you see this evolution moving towards? Oh, so publishing is a very, I'll say, is a business which is interesting, challenging, okay. but it is also driven by passion. Hmm. Uh, now, what I mean by that is, I will divide publishing as a business into two broad buckets. Okay, mm-hmm. one is a bucket of education and learning. Mm-hmm. And it could also be research, which is more about learning and getting better in life, better in career, anything you can think about. The second bucket is fiction, mm-hmm. which is all about stories and fiction. There are two different things all together here. So I will take uh, each of them separately. Let's start with the future of education and learning and research. Now, in this, it is becoming increasingly clearer that just having a test book and a teacher in a class does not work. Agreed. Uh, even that teacher teaches you through a video podcast or something, yeah. it doesn't still give you that experience of being in a class with peers and learning from them more and you learn from teachers. So that community learning experience is the reason you go to a college. Mm-hmm. And that you miss when you work in structure today. So just making a book ebook or just a teacher doing a video is not a future of learning. So publishing is now getting, I'll say, uh, future forward if I do, publishing is becoming more like a learning business. Okay. So if you so publishers are evolving and they are becoming education, technology, and learning companies. Hmm. Now, the interesting dilemma in this is if you are a startup in education technology you will spend 80 to 90% of your money in technology and 10% in content. content. Yes. A publishing company will spend 80% on content and 20% on technology. Yep. Both are wrong. The truth is somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Because you cannot say that content is Googleized and that's the only thing you can need. So why you need to spend money on content? And similarly, you say, oh, technology has no value. And that is where the challenge is that still even now, there are some real things happening in terms of education and technology, but still it is not mimicking or improving the experience what you do when you learn in a community. I think you will agree to that. I agree. So so that is where I see the future of publishing is if you are able to create those communities also as you learn in the digital space, or in the online space, and you are able to do it in a way that one, you have that experience of community. Mm -hmm. And second is, if I'm in college and I'm in a lab, or if I'm in college, if I'm in a, uh, uh, say in 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 front of a computer, if I'm at house, if I can simulate those experiences of how did you create, say in today's world, uh, a cancer drug, 
Yep. It's a whole process you have to do. Mm-hmm. If I can simulate that process and teach you that using simu- AI and simulations and AR, VR, you can really then start to say, I may not go to the college now. I may not go to that physical location now. Because to learn initially, you need that portion. Yeah. But once you have learned, then you can keep on learning from these online platforms and your continuous learning is what the future of digital education is. But still at school and at college, I'll still say we are not there. It may happen next 10 years, possible, not there. So that's where I see the future of the education and uh, technology content becoming more of immersive learning content where the things around personalization, AI and analytics and everything come in, what you know, what you don't know, all of this will come, but you need the other parts of that ecosystem which I just described to make the learning real. Hmm. This is one part. Now, fiction is something where I have a very dramatic view and that is something which I've been talking and calling for a couple of years, but still I think I'm not there. I'm not able to explain to people what I mean. I'll explain to you, maybe I'll try. Okay. So assume you are a top Indian author and you wrote a new book. Hmm. There was a world where people used to buy millions of those copies and we have many uh, authors like that in India. Yep. However, in the world of piracy, in the world of flat content, now you can get all of these books on your WhatsApp message, a new book from this author. So you don't go and buy. Agreed. And it is something which then destroys the author, destroys the publishing industry, destroys people around it. And it is the same thing like piracy, destroys a lot of other businesses. So, but this is good. Even if you solve the piracy issue, it is still one ending, one thing. So it does not make it interesting. So you, yes, it's a good read, but it's not something which really changes the way you think. And it is one size fits all. What I mean by that is, That one novel, that one story, for me, for you, for your kid, anybody who wants to read it is Mm -hmm. the same. Okay. My future of fiction is very different. Now think about a a way where an author, you need the author's voice. Absolutely, the author is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. But you have a technology platform which is driven by data science and AI. Mm -hmm. And hear me out what I'm trying to say. Okay. Assume you start writing a chapter and let's say it's a very simple chapter of uh, a boy and a girl in a college and you say the class finishes and they are going out. Mm-hmm. Now, in a typical book, you say the book story progresses, they took a car and they went on a drive or they went on a movie or whatever. Think about if you say, no, I can choose what they want to do. Hmm. So you say, do you want to take go for a movie? Do you want to go for a ride? Or do you want to meet friends? So you can give three or four options. Mm. Now, based on what option you click on, the story takes a different turn. Mm. Yep. And, and it could be that when you go on a movie, some villain comes in. Let's say I'm making it so simple. A villain comes in, it's a different story. If you are meeting friends, you, you reach home safely. In some cases, uh, something else can happen. Now, add another dimension of AI and data science to it. The person who is looking at the platform now, where the author has written this, is his or her social media profile is now being 
consumed by the platform. Yep. Based on how this person behaves, what he likes or she likes or what dislikes, whatever they are, you are now giving them those kind of options which are more closer to them. Yeah. More, which makes, which will be more interesting to them. Hmm. Think again, if you start to then add what is happening in the uh, world around you, yeah. something like say some mishap happens, something else happens. You start weaving that using, you know, the whole AI uh, algorithms in a way, but the voice of author still remains and author has writing or continuously writing different scenarios on a weekly, monthly basis. And you can build a subscription of this book that every time you read it, it's a different ending. Hmm. So you like the author's voice, you understand where from it is coming, you can have community writing around it, community commenting around it. That is what engaging people in communities, but you still read fiction. Amazing. You've read the G.I. Joe uh, series. Uh... I was a fan. Few of them, yes, when I was a kid, kind, yes. Yes, so they almost had the same path, although it was a book still, it was a hardcore printed book, and you had to make a choice as a captain or as a as a player, what option do you choose, and the story yes. would build up. And I would, as a kid, I would try all the options, read all the forwards to see I don't yes. get killed. I don't know if you've yes. ever done that. And <laughs> I did not do it that way, but I can understand what you are saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. And in the modern world, Netflix almost did that for its Black Mirror, the Bandersnatch movie. Yes, It, it yes. got people involved in the, though the content was limited, the movie was limited, it didn't evolve from there. It was a movie which had to end with a stipulated time. Now, this Agreed. is amazing. Uh, I just can fathom it. It's a great startup idea for some people listening. Uh, I'm sure yeah. if, if somebody listens to it. Is Wiley working on something similar? Let me ask. Uh, see, we are, we are not in fiction, but when it comes to education, definitely there are certain things. I'll not say which is exactly the same, okay. but we are building what are called uh, live books mm -hmm. where it helps you based on how you learn, where do you go wrong, the book changes its track or the learning changes its track based on the personalization of wow. what kind of a learner you are. So definitely we have a new product called Zybooks. Yeah, which is so that is what we are trying to do with this. And that is, I'll say an early start, but okay. a right start in that direction. It is meant for people who are left behind to learn. Hmm. I think the biggest challenge about technology enablement should be, it is not for the smartest. It has to be for the people who are struggling. Yes. That is where technology will play a real role. It is not, should, should not be for the smartest one. Smartest one always figure out. Hmm. They don't need anything. It is the person who are left behind. If you can help them, that for me is the real role of technology in anything and including learning and education. Just talking a little bit about work, uh, because and you have so many things going on at Wiley, including Zybooks now, as you referred it. And you have a national team, and I had a pleasure to be part of one of your team gathering, which happened in Jaipur last year. Yeah. And I was a little awed seeing, hey, I thought Wiley has a small team, but it actually it was not. Uh, you, all, you had a pretty big team. And you said this is only part of it. This is not the yes. all. Uh, 
Uh, how do you, uh, Wiley, it almost looks like an umbrella brand, almost like the likes of the PNG and Unilever, and has many multiple sm small brands and has many business lines focused on different business groups. And when I say business groups, it can be B2P, B2C, a B2 student also. And a student is a much more larger category. Even I'm a student, a lifelong student. Uh, how do you shepherd the entire organization towards a common goal? Uh that's a great question. And there's another dimension to what you just asked. Hmm. The, the challenge of running a traditional business is that you have one part of the business, which is your core traditional business, which is books yes. and journals. Yes. Okay. There, it is more about that you have these big brands, you are building new content, and you are selling them the traditional way. Yes, you may sell them through Amazon, but it's a distribution change. The product remains the same. Okay, uh, so you have a set of people in an organization which are used to working the traditional way, mm -hmm. selling traditional products through the traditional chain channels of selling. Same way of going to a college, getting a book adopted, selling it through a bookshop, which you all do. And then you have a team like Wale Next and Zybooks and others, which are constantly innovating. Okay. They come from a totally different thinking and mindset. On the left, you have the traditionals who always have been in YLA for 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then on the right, you have a set of people whose CVs talk about how many months in a company, right. 23 months, 24 months. Right. So understand for me, the bigger challenge is when you shepherd this together is how you keep both of them motivated. Agreed. And that for me is what I do most of my time now. You have to keep the traditional business people motivated. They just need your mentoring and guidance. They know what to do, hmm. okay? And you need to just keep them motivated to be very focused on their goals, not worrying about what's happening to the industry and cre create more and more efficiencies so that you can keep on being competitive in a, in a flat content world. For these set of people, you also need to keep them on the toes in terms of learn new things. Like the same team now is being pivoted into selling Zybooks, selling Zybooks, not developing, but selling Zybooks. Mm -hmm. Now, so that they also feel they are a part of the future. So this is one part. And then you have the that innovation team, which works like a startup, yeah. coming very motivated, and they know this, anything which they are building or creating, is also going to be a star on their own career or a mark for their own career. Hmm. They are highly motivated. They want to work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So you have to handle them in a way where there's nothing called gut feeling. There's nothing called leadership. We don't know what the future looks like, but we know where we want to be. So let me put it in a way. Uh, there is no straight line of managing them. There is no straight line of growth and it is not a, not a straight way forward. Mm -hmm. But what you are having is a chaotic patterns. Yeah. You have old patterns where you know what the patterns look like and I'm talking in an AI language, okay? And then you have the new patterns where you are still struggling what patterns should be. Yeah. So what I say is, I always tell myself to say to my team is, that 
I need to find patterns in the chaos. And if I can figure them out, I know where I can land, because I know my destination. How I'll reach there is what I struggle and I work on today on a daily basis. That's impressive. And when you, I'll go back a little bit. I'm like dancing from one ear to the other part. And, you know, there's something in the back which probably will lead why you are behaving or why you're working with your team in this way. You mentioned you started your career after your postgrad uh, into your family business. So getting into the publishing and the family business, was it choice or you had to do it because it was family business? Uh, it was it ha i'll say not a choice at that time it was okay. a good profitable big business so okay. somebody has to do it mm -hmm. but then i left it because it was a family business uncles and brothers and everybody yeah. so i think the idea was i thought at that time i could do something on my own hmm. and why should i rock the boat so i just left it and started on my own okay so Yes, so it was, uh, I'll say, at that time, not a choice. But when I could make a choice, I made a choice. <laughs> hmm. And in the last 20 years, and going back to my earlier question, education and publishing, as you also said, has become tough because people's perspective towards education is changing in many ways, as well as learning is changing in many ways today because there are so many free resources available because technology has become free. In about a couple of decades ago, when technology was expensive, the learning had to be expensive to co commensurate with the technology, which was expensive as well. How do you see that challenging for you going and for your industry going forward from an education perspective and from a learning and publishing, all three? Yeah. So, so you raise a very interesting point. So I just talked about how I manage my organization yeah. at this moment. Yeah. Now the dimension let's come about when it comes to managing from a outside perspective, like how do you manage competition? Yes. Now we don't have traditional competition anymore. Yes, you have traditional publishers like Wiley, mm -hmm. but now you have edtech companies yes. who's, who are not worried about their quarterly balance sheets, who are not worried about even making money, their, their business is built around eyeballs and how many yeah. people went to their site. Yeah. So the, the, the heart of what you do, content, is becoming free. Hmm. And if your price is free, you need to become smarter in understanding if your core or if your heart is free like Google. If the Google model is the future model, how do I make money? Hmm. So taking that analogy, publishing has to pivot into something where you need to give your core free and you charge for the services. The services could be homework management structures, personalized learning behaviors, flat content is free, but all the other things you need to get ahead of the curve, you pay for. Yeah. And that is very personalized, that is very unique, and that is not something which you can just copy. So that is where, and it is, it will be, only driven by technology. So publishing companies, like any other industry, will become technology companies first. Hmm. But their heart of that they can build up the best content in the world will still remain. And I think that is the reason they will succeed and if they take the right path. So 
from that perspective, there is one change which is happening. The second change which is happening in publishing is that uh, the role of universities. Mm -hmm. Now, I was talking to the president of the Association of American Universities a couple of years ago. Okay. And I asked, uh, Madam, what keeps you awake at night? She said, during my tenure, uh, for the first time in 800 years, universities will lose the monopoly to award degrees. Hmm. Now think from that, from a learning education perspective, if you don't need to go to a university to get a degree, and you can learn anytime, anywhere, from anyone, and you create those credits, and those credits are then tested across, say, using a, again, an online model of testing you through an assessment. And that builds your degrees, which a Google can award or a Wiley can award. And that is approved degree as per the government norms. What will be the role of universities? Okay. So same thing is true that everybody in this system of education, and learning, the whole ecosystem is struggling to understand what their future looks like. And, and in every future, learning will keep on becoming more and more important. Yes. The role of what we create will still keep on improving day by day. You will need to learn more and more to be competitive. Mm -hmm. So our core is not going anywhere. The challenge is, are we able to understand in what form it needs to be delivered, at what price, in what model, and in uh, and how? So if we can, I'll say, figure that out. And everybody is trying to, and they are all smart people trying to do that. I think publishing will remain in a, in some form. Hmm. It may not this form because the the learning hunger is not going away. To be competitive is not going away. Yeah, and more and more the world gets connected it will be more and more difficult for people to succeed because now the world is your competition, not okay. a country, not a city, not a state. Yeah. So, you know, let's change tracks a little bit. Meaning I've got an overdose of learning today, which is good. <laughs> but I, my purpose of this podcast is also to get to know you a little bit better and decode for the audience who Vikas is in real life. Uh, you know, you you imbibe education and learning, but in probably that's a mask or may not be a mask, but let's say if I have to take that mask out, what do you really like? Is it something which you really indulge in your, when you're not working? Oh, <laughs> education is the heart of uh, what I am. Okay. But having said that, I, I, I always, want to learn i always want to read i always want to know new things okay and i also always want to learn different things from different people okay and i i have learned in multiple forms from multiple people so if you can say i don't have a mentor hmm. because i feel having a mentor is restrictive okay it can serve you for some time but not for a long time and uh, I believe everybody, small or big, young or uh, old, 
teaches you something. And when you meet and talk to people, so meeting and talking and uh, uh, I'll say socializing, but the very specific intention in mind that I have to learn something today new. Okay. Is what I am really good at and I do quite a lot. So that's one part. The me. second part of me is around that uh, when I want to relax, I don't want to read. I don't, I may like to say watch a television, watch a movie, but then I want to spend time with my family because mm -hmm. I don't get a lot of time with family. So I do spend time. So uh, sometimes I cook, sometimes I do uh, something to do in my garden, sometimes I'll do. So these are things which I, a typical simple family person does. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like to do these things, but the important factor always remains in my mind is that if I have to succeed, I have to bring, I'll say, happiness in everything I do. So what happens is that because the hunger of learning is what I do as a, as a job or as a career, and that allows me to meet fantastic people like people like you, young but very driven, and I learn a lot from you. So that is, I think, a, such an amazing prize I, I get. And it keeps on being, doing more and more around. Now, another dimension to this is that in education and learning, now the world has changed. But I think I was the earliest ones when I talk about, say, 30 years ago, uh, that the technology and education together, technology background person in education mm -hmm. was very unique and rare. And that has helped me to evolve. Uh, and that continuous learning has always kept me alive, I'll say. Okay. So I'm, I only keep on doing that. Otherwise, I'm a very simple person enjoying simple things in life. Nothing fancy, nothing, uh, nothing to talk about. But yes, I really like meeting new, new people, learning new, new things from me. So I would love to have conversation with anybody I meet. That's impressive. And you have a clear motive when you meet people that you would want to learn. So if I have to ask you in the last so many decades of working now, it's almost three decades, if I heard yeah. it right. Has, made, has there been any a memorable moment which you cherish till date? Whether it's in work or if you've met somebody and said you still remember it. So uh, I'll say moments many. Okay. I'll not say that there will not be. So one was that when I got out of college and uh, came to the family business, created the first book, the RapidX computer course, which taught India how to learn computers, selling millions and millions of copies. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was a very different way of writing a book. Hmm. And it was reviewed in a top uh, English daily in India. Mm -hmm. It was said, how not to learn computers. Okay, that's impressive. That's an amazing and feedback. <laughs> and the feedback was, this person keeps on repeating things again and again. He, this is not the way a book should be written. It is very uh, uh, like casual way of teaching and very well way of writing. This person needs to take a course on writing and whatnot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and when that book sold millions, 
the same paper wrote an article about it a book or a author or a publisher whose books are not reviewed nicely but they still sell millions and they do some make a difference that's okay that's an amazing okay so i have both of those framed reviews framed in my office hmm so that was that you don't need to fight of what you were doing it was something unique a new way of teaching people mm-hmm. computers not a, a manual which you see on it which were of 91 people couldn't understand so that was one moment the second moment was when i did this joint venture with idg and it became wiley hmm. the third one was when i uh, so when i built this business and uh, did a quest at that time the top upcoming uh, so my company was the top up a top 20 it company a publishing company became an it top coming it company in india because the way we were growing tremendously in terms of revenues building it content so that was unique then the joint venture with wiley and then building wiley and now in the last couple of years wiley next and then the fast company award which came a few days ago yeah. these are all memorable moments i can talk about impressive because today education industry is looked upon okay you know being a teacher which is not there's so much to do within education and now edtech as you highlighted is becoming a big business also if you have to advise somebody thinking about starting a career in education industry or the industry which you belong to which has learning as a big agenda and learning as a big umbrella what would you advise somebody so one thing is publishing or learning or education or education technology yeah. this is for people who have a passion towards giving something to the society hmm. uh, you have to understand the reason you are coming into education technology or edtech or publishing any of these areas is that you want to make a difference in people's life when they learn from your content when they learn from your course or when they learn from what you have created they will succeed in life that is what is the reason you are in you are not in this business for eyeballs or marketing or sales they are all important very important but your important the main thing you are here for is you need to make sure when somebody goes through my course they learn that thing or they somebody reads my book they like that book and they say something unique happened to them yeah i always say if you have that passion and if you have that uh, commitment making money should be an outcome of what you do not the reason you are in publishing and making money is equally important yeah so if you can do that you will have an amazing career in education and technology an amazing feedback uh, vikas from your side and on that note thank you for taking time out it was a pleasure having a conversation with you uh, and uh, decoding your journey in the last 3 decades specifically in the world of learning i would put it as a sum it up uh, because as you rightly said publishers also focuses on learning so thanks a lot for taking time out really happy for that thanks anish thanks for having me thank you very much Thank you for listening in and we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, please you can help us out by sharing it on social media. 
I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners, and the more listeners we have, the more awesome guests I can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations. That are a joy to have for me, and I hope they are a joy for you to listen as well. You can also help a lot leaving reviews on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners. If this episode has intrigued you, I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.